kids, monsters, or in this case, Mumula. We're playing a song from the new album from Mumula. The song is called Pumpkin Zone. It's from their album The Rise of Mumula. It just came out this month. You can find it on Bandcamp, iTunes, Amazon. It's all over the place. Go check it out. We've had Mumula on the show before. This is their first full-length album. I dig the entire thing, especially this song. Big thanks to the band for letting us play it on this episode of the podcast devoted to the classic and sometimes not so classic genre cinema of yesteryear, the home of classic monsters, modern talk, Monster Kid Radio. I'm your writer, host, and producer. Who's a producer, writer, host? I'm all three of those things and a whole lot more. I'm Derek M. Cook. Welcome to the show this week. A quick programming note. Now, originally, we were going to be talking about the movie Monster on the Campus with my friend and podcasting colleague, Craig Bean. That's still going to happen, just not this week. We're actually going to run that next week on Monster Kid Radio. This week, we've got something special. I've got some recordings from the world premiere of the 11th film by Christopher R. Mim. Chris is a longtime friend of Monster Kid Radio. His films that make up the Mimiverse are just so much fun. Chris is a guy who gets it. He makes retro monster movies. Monster movies in the style of the science fiction and horror films of the 1950s, sometimes the 1940s, just a little bit, just a little bit, but mostly their 50s style type movies. They're shot now using his modern equipment, but they're in black and white. They're produced as if they were produced back then, and they're solid. They're not all jokey ha-ha. They actually respect the era, that type of filmmaking. There are jokes, and there's drama, and there's plenty of that in the movie Where's Guido? Nazi Hunter. Now, I wasn't able to get to the world premiere. However, two very good friends of Monster Kid Radio were writer Stephen E. Sullivan and the monster movie kid himself, Rich Chamberlain, made it to the premiere and recorded a little bit. So we're going to be sharing that recording with everybody here on Monster Kid Radio this week. We've also got some voicemails and some emails. And you know what? I'm just going to dive into an email right now. This comes from Charles from the Kaiju cast. Hey, Derek, it was a pleasure to meet you at Shin Godzilla the other night. I wanted to say that I'm surprised and disappointed I had not discovered Monster Kid Radio sooner. I've been listening to episodes this week and have thoroughly enjoyed it. Keep up the great work, and I'm sure I'll see you in the future. Charles is one of the Kaiju gang over the Kaiju cast, and yeah, he was at the screening of Shin Godzilla that I went to. The Kaiju cast basically crashed the showing of Shin Godzilla here in town earlier this month. A movie, by the way, solid. One of my absolute favorite theatrical movie experiences of the year so far. The year's almost over, so... Yeah, it's up there. I love the heck out of it. And it was cool to hang out with Charles and hang out with everybody else. Kyle and the other Kaiju cast listeners. It was a lot of fun. Now, Kyle did record with some people after the movie. I don't think that audio has actually made his show yet, but stay tuned to the Kaiju cast for that. You know, I have another email, but I'm going to hold off. I'm going to read that later on because it's an email from a listener who's telling us what they're doing for Halloween this year. We're going to get into that topic later in the show. But first, we're going to play the coverage from the world premiere of Where's Guido? Steve and Rich got some interviews, their initial thoughts about the film, all of that. That's all happening right after this. Save the world! Hi, 
this is Ruby. And I'm Hater. And we host the Mimiverse Bonfire Podcast. A podcast based on Christopher R. Mim, a Minnesota filmmaker who's got eight films under his belt, soon to be nine. And they're all 1950s-style black-and-white movies. The podcast revolves around actors, the making of the films, and various other little fun bits. And technicians. (laughs) You can find us at SaintEuphoria.com. Or like us on Facebook. That would be the Mimiverse Bonfire Podcast. Hope you tune in. Journey into double terror with the late night double feature. With X, the fiend from beyond space, and the wall people. A crew of interstellar explorers must fight an unstoppable alien fiend from beyond space, hell-bent on consuming them all. Will they survive? Can they survive? And on the same program, a man must fight to save his only child from the clutches of strange invaders who use their advanced technologies to steal sleeping children through their bedroom walls. Are your children safe? Two terrors to tear you apart in the late night double feature. I am Dr. Lee Cushing. Welcome to my Chamber of Horrors. Dr. Cushing's Chamber of Horrors is a serialized monster rally novel in the tradition of the classic Universal and Hammer horror films. It's written by Stephen D. Sullivan, the award-winning author of White Zombie, Daikaiju Attack, Manos, The Hands of Fate, and the original chill role-playing game. My goal is to recreate the thrills of the monster versus monster films that we all love. We'll have vampires, werewolves, mummies, psychic twins, and scheming madmen. And that's just in the first storyline. Now you can get Dr. Cushing's Chamber of Horrors and other monster stories sent directly to your email for as little as a dollar a month. For just two dollars, you'll get all the chapters in advance, plus bonus stories and other perks. Sign up now at CushingHorrors.com or visit SDSullivan.com for a Patreon link. I do hope you've enjoyed your visit. Please come again. And remember, the chamber is always waiting for its next victim. Hello, this is writer-director Christopher R. Mim, the master of the Mimiverse. You're listening to Monster Kid Radio with Derek M. Cook, the greatest person I've ever met, sure. <laughs> Hey, Derek, this is Richard the Monster Movie Kid. And this is Steve Sullivan of Manos fame and Canoe Cops vs. the Mummy. And we are live in Columbia Heights, Minnesota, in the Minneapolis metro area. We are standing outside of the Heights Theater. And yes, we are mere minutes away from the world premiere of the new Christopher R. Mim classic, Where Skeeto Nazi Hunter. And we are standing in a line that is starting to stretch down the block here. It's, it's kind of amazing, the enthusiasm for this as-yet-unseen film. We're going to go ahead and attempt to make some recordings this evening. We're going to hopefully speak with Christopher himself, maybe Mitch Gonzalez, and anyone else we can get a hold of. We're going to wing this and see what we can do and uh, let everyone know what's happening here in Columbia Heights and with the Mimiverse and Where Skeeto. And if it all turns out, you can share it with everybody on Monster Kid Radio. All right, Derek, we are now in the lobby. They are having a silent auction where you can actually get a piece of a film prop, T-shirt, helmet, for example, the space helmet prop that was used in Cave Women on the Mars, Destination Outer Space, and Attack of the Moon Zombies. They've got the costume, costume shirt worn by actress Stephanie Mim from the Late Night Double Feature. You can get a uh, props from the Where Skeeto Nazi Hunter, the brand new film, Dinner Signed, Diner Signage ketchup and mustard that was actually used. There is, uh, gosh, there's other costumes from the never-completed Reform School Girls versus the Space Monster. You've got, uh, as well as uh, silent auction for baskets of goodies, you've got 
candy, popcorn, and best of all, movies. Movies, of course. Many movies. Mim movies. Yes, yes, they're all there. Some very cool stuff here in the lobby. Uh, the crowd is great, and uh, we are now approximately 55 minutes away from the start of the film. Oh, that works for me. <laughs> And now we're inside the theater here, and we're in a hidden alcove near the exit, in which is hiding the Weresquito itself, or himself. And with us is the creator of the Weresquito, Mitch Gonzalez. Hello, hello. It's good to have you guys here for the premiere. We're really happy to be here. Tell us a little bit about creating this particular monster. Well, this one, you know, we, we had this idea going around uh, for a while, and uh, we finally settled that this movie was going to be the Weresquito movie, so I... I for a few years been doing sketches here and there we've kind of uh, settled in on a design and I got to work in the basement so here it is (laughs) (laughs) and do you usually work in the basement? always always (laughs) now unlike the other pictures this one was actually shot later in the year correct so I know normally you were I remember there was one time you were working where you were having trouble with molds freezing and all well, that this, kind of stuff. Yeah, this time, uh, since there was a shift in the schedule, I ended up making the mold in winter. So doing, doing the sculpting in the basement is fine, but when you have to go to the mold uh, portion of it, you do that in the garage. So obviously it's a lot colder. So I just had a sweater on and went inside quite a bit. But it was kind of an all-day thing, getting the mold done. And... Uh, uh, I froze. I don't know what the mold did, but uh, I, I froze. Well, it <laughs> but it was worth like it. He managed to come out of the mold in, in one or two pieces, or however many pieces you cast him in. So, were there any any tricky things with this one in particular? Anything tricky in the casting process? No, not really. It was a big head, so it took a lot of plaster, and that always takes a lot of more time. But this one had a lot of different sub pieces, so that took a little bit more time. Usually, if I do a mask, it's you know I, I do one pour, I pull it out and paint it. It's pretty much done. This one, I have there's antenna, there's a proboscis, there's little nubby things and so lots of lots of things to glue on and, and sculpt and make separately right plus the hands as well right and, and plus the hands yeah cool and then those of you that can't see it hopefully there'll be some kind of a picture oh there'll be definitely some is, pictures uh, you know it's reminiscent of the the original fly makeup and we've got some uh, some uh, really kind of grotesque hands on it and he's wearing a nice suit and tie nice suit and tie I think the pose he needs a glass and a cigarette a glass like a cocktail or something <laughs> right yeah yeah he should, just... should have Vincent Price <laughs> under that that mask now who was under that mask this time was it Michael Kaiser it was again? Michael Kaiser once again so yeah the human form was played by Doug Sidney and when the transformation occurs it switches over and Michael uh, Kaiser is the actor and it's, it's looking terrific, and we can't wait to see it in action in the film. And Thank you. Find out just how gruesome this is going to be this time. We've been warned that this is going to be a darker film than some of the other Memiverse films. That's, that's what I understand. And I can't comment on it because ha- this is one I haven't seen. You haven't seen the I haven't final seen cut. Yet. I've seen a lot of them you know, doing audio commentaries, but this particular one, he just did a commentary by himself. Christopher Barmim, and so I, I kind of set this one out, and it's going to be kind of fun to see the, see, see this for the first time with everybody. With That's audience. awesome. Yeah, you'll be enjoying it with the rest of us. Exactly. Thank you so much. Thank great, you. Great thank having you. you here. Uh, first off, thank you so much for coming. I really, really appreciate all of you for showing up here on this beautiful fall evening. Uh, yeah, as Bob said, this is number eleven. And I was just having this moment last night. Where I realized, you know, the first time we did this was in 2006. We did the Monster Phantom Lake, it was in March. The weather was much like this. Uh, and here we are, 10 years on the calendar later, but 11 films later, and we're doing it again. And so I'm having a, a bit of a weird thing tonight. Uh, and, 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 and the best part is, is that there's a lot of people who were in that, uh, th- that are in this. Mike Cook, for instance, over here. <laughs> Michael Kaiser back there in the back is growing up in this film. And, it, you know, one thing I realized, too, is that, you know, back then I had a lot less gray hair. Uh, and, oh, Rachel, yeah, there's Rachel. Yeah, see, Rachel's back. Rachel has a little one since I came over on Mars in September 3. What's this guy doing? You know, we've got a lot of people, Dan. Uh, now, I always do this at the beginning of every premiere, and I have to ask, and this is getting a lot harder to find people that actually fit this description, if you are not related to me in some way, sorry mom, uh, and have come to every single premiere, stand up. Two people. 
set up our merchandise. Uh, one of the things we like to do is that everything you buy goes right back into making more movies. So if you like this movie, uh, please be aware there are ten others just like it out there that you can <laughs> If you don't like this movie, there are ten others out there that are slightly different enough that you like this <laughs> So please come out, buy stuff. We have posters, we have other cool stuff, we have lobby cards, uh, lots of cool stuff. If you are a contributor, how many contributors do we have here tonight? Sweet. See, these folks contributed money to the production, and, and because of that, you're, you're, you get stuff. Uh, over there is a box of stuff. If you're a contributor and you're here tonight, come on down and get your box. Get your stuff out of the box. Uh, Liz Kaiser, I'm, I'm putting you in charge of that, because she always does. So she's doing it. Other than that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to uh, to present my, my 11th film, of all things. Hey, Chris, and, is this playing somewhere next month? Uh, it might be. I, I don't know. <laughs> In Ohio, it's playing. Actually, it's playing all over the place. McGuanago. Check SayEuphoria.com and find out where we're playing. I heard it was playing at Crypticon. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, we just worked that out. That's right. Crypticon. Uh, anyone who's going there, we're going to play it there. So, please, enjoy the movie and, uh, you know... A lot of the cast and crew are here, so if you want to get uh, you know autographs and stuff, we're here. Uh, let's watch the movie. Oh, you know what? I just thought of one more thing, because that's my thing. A lot of you people saw that we have the wear Speedo here, and you were taking photos before you were supposed to. <laughs> After we do the silent auction, we're going to bring him out so you guys can line up down here and get your photo taken with the wear Speedo. So do that, buy stuff, hang out. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah! Brings you to our little corner of nowhere. Trying to find an old friend. Yeah? What's his name? Shram. What did this Shram do to you? Real wrath of God type stuff. Tell me where Shram is, or I swear to you, you will regret it. The only person who will be regretting his actions is you. successful movie premiere and now we are at the after party and we are here with Christopher R. Mim, writer, director and many other hats. Hi there. Also Hi there. Michael Kaiser who is otherwise fictionally known as the monster. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so we wanted to see uh, how you thought it went. I think it went really well. Uh, honestly going into this one I was very 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 nervous. Um, and you guys have seen the film so you know that tonally it's very different from a lot of my other films yeah it's very different Definitely. and so there was a part of me very nervous about sort of trying something new in that way uh, so going into this I was I was worried that it was I was just worried that people like wouldn't like it or it just wouldn't go over well it went, I think it went over well. I'm, I'm happy with how it turned out. People in, it seemed to enjoy it. They sat quietly in the They theater. sat quietly. I mean, that's the thing you always look for, right? If you start seeing shifting in the seats or coughing or people getting up to go to the bathroom or a lot, they don't care. 
But as soon as it's, I mean, there's a few giggles at the beginning where there's some jokes, but then it gets a little serious and everyone just sort of sat quietly and cheered in all the right spots, laughed in all the right spots. I think this is the first script I've ever written where every time I wrote something I wanted people to laugh at, they did, and there weren't any other spots where they laughed at things I wasn't expecting them to laugh at. So I think I did okay there. So I'm happy, I am. Great. And one thing you mentioned, Steve, earlier was, was the acting. Yeah. Was at really uh, at you top know, level. There, even in your best films before, there's always been kind of a, a couple of performances or three where they're <laughs> or three <laughs> where they don't quite maybe fit in with the, the right. top level work. Right. And in this one, it seemed to me that all of the actors really brought their A game. It was well, and I think we ended up using some of these stronger actors in the fold. You know what I mean? Uh, like Doug Sidney, who plays the the main character, right? I loved is, him in the wall people. He yes, he's a really, really good actor, and he plays, you know, he plays sort of heavier characters well. Uh, if you've seen the wall people, you know what I'm talking about. Um, you know, I think Rachel did a great job. She hasn't been in my films since Cave Women on Mars, which was like 2008. Who was she in Cave Women on Mars? She was the the main bad girl, Hegra. Was she really? Yes. Yeah, so I mean, it's uh, she was terrific, and I, yeah. I remember reading or hearing on the podcast that she was coming back. Yeah, she didn't recognize him for a while. And um, Jim Norgard, you know, who is used to playing sort of good guys, uh, had a really. I think you could probably tell he was having a really good time with playing the, <laughs> the evil bad guy, the guy you love to the hate. The guy you love to hate. And right. My favorite part of the whole movie, and I think it went over well, is there's a part in the movie where you almost feel sorry for the guy, and you're like, oh. And then it just like, ah, oh, no, no. No, no. Screw that guy. I don't like that guy. Right, no. That was a, He's awful. Just a, a sheep's clothing moment. Yes, exactly. Like, oh, for a moment no. there and stuff. And, yeah. uh, so, so, Michael, you've played the monsters in all of the films from the Monster of Phantom Lake onward. Is, is that right? Or how far back do your monster roles go? Oh, yeah, Monster of Phantom Lake. Was I was the monster, so yeah, from the very beginning, you're like me, right? You were like yeah, twelve, yeah, six, sixteen, yep. And then uh, it came from another world. I'm not, but then uh, cave woman, I am. Terror, I am. Basically, you're yeah. in, you're in every film. You're one of the few actors. The giant spider, film. I'm not. That's a real spider, <laughs> right? And yes. a puppet spider, <laughs> right? But, but after you that, yeah. Yep. But you're in the movie. That's yeah. What yeah, and you're yep. in this movie too, out of the monster costume. Yeah, I play just a little patron at the local restaurant. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and as well as uh, some of your kids, Chris. And yeah. Yeah. We uh, we got. I mean, we always try and get the family in there. Right. right. Uh, you know, Steph gets shows up for uh, as a diner patron. Uh, my wife. Uh, our our youngest child was he. He wanted to be in the movie and so bad, and it wasn't written in. But he's like, he found a way to get in there. Yeah. All the stuff he did was like his idea. Well, what if I'm in this scene and I just say this? And he kept adding lines. It was like, you get the one line. Kid. <laughs> the one line. An actor already. How, yeah. how old is, is your uh, He now? is six. So, I mean, he's he's probably the biggest fan of all the, all the kids, honestly. He really, really enjoys doing it and watching the movies. He's the... He's, he's the monster kid of all of them. He is, David. He's, he's got a million ideas for his own movies, his own monsters. He's got a whole, like, a dozen movies already planned out. Awesome. Yeah, so he's going to be the one who carries the mantle forward. There you go. There you go. Oh, the food has arrived. The food is coming. The food is coming. We, have a, we can sneak a couple more questions in. I want to ask Michael, how is it different playing the monsters in every movie what kind of what kind of changes do you make what kind of things do you do is there special preparation uh, I don't know we try to mix it up as much as possible I mean there's only so much you can really do because the look is more anything the only thing that's really that much different but like the hand movements are different every time and hand acting yeah hand acting yes acting in this one you're the monster form of the character who's played by Doug give me Doug's last name Doug Sidney yeah did you and Doug spend any time together looking at each other's work or working together so that your monster would be more like his performance for the main character? Uh, not really. <laughs> it was more just like Doug would film his human stuff and then I would... We we wore the exact same uh, costume, so he'd come film his human stuff, then I'd take over the costume and that was it pretty much. Yeah. Well, so, but yeah, that was really... There wasn't really any... 
like comparing notes or anything. I think your like monster that. acting has come a long way in those in these eleven now yeah, films. <laughs> so it's good to know I'm getting better with practice. It's nice. <laughs> yeah. Keep keep very skinny and maybe you can do the Doug Jones thing. Just yeah. the, okay? the skinny the guy that plays the monster. Yeah. Now, and, and Mitch Gonzalez, our uh, resident monster maker, has been wanting to do a full body monster for a while now. Uh, just hasn't come together, right, Mitch? That's right. <laughs> it's coming. Right. It's coming. <laughs> but Michael, you're ready for it, right? Oh, yeah. 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 So that's that's a total possibility. Oh, it's yeah. a possibility. Uh, in fact, some of the sketches sketches that Mitch has sent me look like full body things. So. Very get on it, Mitch. If you get on it now, we'll have it for 2019. <laughs> and your next project is cutting together the. Right now, it's putting together a DVD of the Monster the Family, like a musical that we, the run that we did uh, in July. Uh, it's just slower going than I thought it'd be. I think just because there are unique challenges of trying to cut together six performances of a play compared to a movie where you just pick the best one and then you make a match. In this, it doesn't always match up because every day is just different enough. You know? Right. Uh, so it's it's its its own challenge, but it's coming together. Now the soundtrack of that is already out. Yes. Are you going to be incorporating the live performance and the soundtrack, or all live? Or? Just, just the live performance, because there were differences, slight differences between the soundtrack and the live one uh, that Adam, the composer, lyricist, made. Um, he wanted the soundtrack to be its own self-contained story, that you could listen to the soundtrack and basically get the story. Right. Uh, and there are certain things that just didn't need to be there because they're smaller things or there's an extension of a scene that would have dragged or been weird if you're sort of listening to it as opposed to seeing it. Right. So he made slight alterations to it. So, And it just doesn't always match up either. I mean, that's just... And there are also pieces that weren't recorded, uh, you know, underscore music, a couple of little things that the audio quality to me would have been so night and day that it would have driven me nuts. I like the consistency. We did get good audio. It sounds good. It's not... It sounds more live than anything else, right. but it does sound good, so... Good, yeah. Well, because the sound is one of the things that really sets your films apart from a lot of other low-budget films, and that the sound is always really good on them. Is there, is there a trick to that? Is there... Are you doing a lot of ADR, or is Honestly, it... Honestly, uh, all my movies are 100% adr Okay. I, don't, I don't know if you can tell. I know there are moments you can, uh, but consistency of sound is one of those things that I think makes uh, a low-budget film just seem a little more professional. Right. I don't think a lot of low-budget filmmakers, or even just independent filmmakers, realize how big of a part sound plays in a movie. Well, if you've watched Birdemic, for instance, yes. one of the things that immediately takes me out of Birdemic is the fact that the sound changes, not from scene to scene only, shot but from shot to shot. And there's that's really just totally distracting, and it doesn't happen with your films, right? And that's you know I was a sound guy first. Uh, I went to school for audio engineering, and so I thought if nothing else, I want my movies to have good sound. Uh, and I've learned over the I mean we started early on doing everything live, uh, and then slowly over the course, probably by the fourth fifth movie, everything was ADR, uh, and we did it all wild sound, which is we record it after we film the scene, we re-record all the audio. Uh, and I just use that I'll which is together so you're recording the audio right after you shoot the right. scene which Rod, Robert Rodriguez I think did in in some of his films yeah. too so it's a it works I mean it, it well works it works brilliantly works. I mean yeah. you can't really tell and it, right. it, the matches are very very close and, and there's the fun of that as well is because it is digital it makes it very easy to edit sound but also one of the pluses is that it make it forces me sometimes to make more creative editing decisions so it's like, well, I don't have any video that matches with this good audio. So what am I going to show? So we're going to do an over-the-shoulders re- reaction, reaction shot. Something. And so I feel like it then makes the, the, the flow of a scene work a little better. Uh, because I'm not sort of beholden to necessarily, you know, just like, he's talking, therefore you see him. She's talking, therefore we see her. You end up getting some more interesting stuff out of necessity. And I think, I like that. I think it works. In this film, I noticed one of the things that struck me as different about this film that's helped set the tone is that the editing style is very different in that you're doing a number of camera effects that I don't yeah. think you've done. There's a, a number of point of view shots in the yes. movie, and there's a lot of kind 
kind of blur in, blur out to give the kind of effects you want. What, were there any particular challenges with that? Honestly, no. Uh, there's 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 flashbacks in the scene, right? That keeps jumping back and, and cutting in throughout the uh, throughout the the film. And I wanted to give them a, a hallucinogenic feel to it, right? It worked. Uh, and I wanted to do POV. I wanted to do point of view stuff because I'd never really done it before. And I was like. You know, how do we make it interesting? How do you make it interesting that one guy's sitting there and talking to the camera for four minutes or whatever right. in, a, in a particular scene? Plus, I want to be able to edit away, but if you're just really getting one or two shots, how do you do that without it just going back and forth? So I was like, well, let's let's try and make it hallucinatory. Let's try and make it, you know, dreamlike. Because it's, you know, he's a lot of times when he's, he's having... He's being drugged. And, right, he's having this dreamlike sort of flashback. And it, it gave me... I just was like, okay, we'll we'll do we'll do lots of blurs and, and, and fades and, and you know even some distortion effects to make it extra creepy. Look uh, at that drinks around. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I think I was just playing with it uh, and just messing around to make it more interesting because I was worried. It was like it was written in the script that it was point of view. Uh, so I was like, well, how do you make that interesting when it's really just a guy stuck in a bed? You know, right. you can't even move around. Right. So it's like, well, what do you do? And so, you don't want it to look like a POV video game, which right, it exactly, is not. exactly, which isn't. I can't think of too many classic films that did a lot of the POV stuff like that, but. Uh, you know, that's one of the things I think as a... It's one of the Marlowe films that shot entirely in Yeah. yeah. Which is, and the beginning of, um, oh, shoot, what's the one with Bogart and Bacall where he's the criminal at the beginning and it's all POV until he gets his dark passage. Yeah, See, I was so. I think I was going more for, um, you know, for a long time I, I tried to make all my films be very, very much, um, I guess... Extra, you know, beholden to uh, old techniques and whatnot. Uh, and I've realized as I've made 10, 11 now, I don't necessarily want to be stuck with, okay, you can't do that because right, they didn't absolutely. back then. It's like, I want to sort of do my own thing at the same time and stretch my own cinematic language, as it were. <laughs> if I'm going to get all uh, hoity toity here. So, speaking of doing your own thing, Michael. You've gotten to play actual characters in some of these films as well as oh, yeah. the monster. Is that something you want to do more? And are you doing other film work besides this or stage work? No, I've uh, the only time I've ever been in another movie besides Chris's is I was in uh, Justin Overlander's movie, who he did. And Justin Overlander, if you don't know, has been in several of Chris's movies. Okay. And he did his own movie, but I again played just a monster. I actually played the <laughs> Bat from Terror Beneath the Earth in Justin's movie. So that was the only time I've ever branched out. Not much out. of a stretch is what yeah. you're saying. That's <laughs> the only time I've ever branched out from Chris's movies, but no, I'm not much of an actor. I'm much more comfortable, like, in the There's costume so than out of the costume. Right now, but I'm going to be nice. <laughs> so yeah, so when I am uh, just uh, like a normal person, it's usually only a couple scenes with a couple lines here and there, and that's I'm more comfortable doing that. So that's still, yeah. that's good with you then. Yeah. So yeah, cool. I'm perfectly fine just being in the costume and doing that stuff. Well, monsters are cool. Monsters yeah, are exactly. Monsters, <laughs> I mean, monsters. It's it's what it's all about, really. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the food is coming. Food is here. So we'll uh, we'll ask them very quickly to tell us what they're doing next or where we can reach them. And maybe we can get that before the food hits the table. You can go first. Just closing thought. Yeah, yeah, closing thought. You know, anything you want to say, tell us where... You know what people can look for you in, and, and uh, or what your plans are, or anything you'd like to say. Well, I don't know, Chris. <laughs> yeah, so just probably I'm assuming I'm going to be in whatever Chris decides to do for number twelve. Whatever you have, monster, it's it's Michael. Yeah. How would you feel about putting on? six-inch platforms and playing a mummy that comes out of Phantom Lake to kidnap a beautiful girl. I think I could do that. I think you could probably make it. I think I could do that. I think you could make it happen. Whatever Chris says. Although Mark is cutting over there who has appeared. I mean, he's he doesn't need the platforms. Yeah. Uh, he could easily just be, you know, Michael's like, yeah, it's nice. I can put it on the platform. Stop talking about other people. I gotta say, though, 
I gotta get in as many of these as possible because my little brother David has already said he wants to be monsters. He's gonna take over once he gets puberty. It's over. We're gonna have to do multiple monsters. That's right. Christopher, where can people reach you, or what can they? Well, I say go to the go to the website at SaintEuphoria.com. S i s a i n t e u p h o r i a dot com. If you can't remember that, just go to thegiantspider.com. It'll take you to the same spot. Cool. And you were about to say something before I cut you off about um, his brother and monsters. I would, no, we were saying, you know, one of the things we haven't done until we realized we kind of did now was a monster versus monster movie. Yes. And spoilers, spoilers, there's some of that in this movie. Uh, and this is kind of the first time we've done it. Yeah. We realized that was, we've actually did a, a monster version. We still need to do the monster rally right. movie with like, you know, tons of monster on monster violence, but... Hey, I'll write, it, enough for, I'll write it for you if you don't have time. It's, it's like you have experience, I've heard. Doing stuff. Yeah, like I might have written a few monster stories in my time. <laughs> so thank you both. Thank, thank you everyone you. that did a, such thank a great you. job on this film. And uh, we'll see your next one maybe in a year. Let's hope we'll next year. <laughs> Plus the musical. Plus musical, the musical may, yeah. maybe by Christmas. That's the plan. Christmas 2016. Thanks, guys. All right, seriously, who is the man? Or in this case, who are the men? Steve, Rich, Thank you so much for contributing to this episode of Monster Kid Radio, for representing Monster Kid Radio and our kind of sort of hidden secret society of Monster Kids at the premiere. I wish I could have been there. One of these days, I'm going to get to a Mimiverse premiere. One of these days. And I know there's going to be future premieres because, well, Chris is not the kind of guy who can sit still for too long. He's already got some ideas for the next film or two or three, I'm sure. I can't wait to see where the Mimiverse goes from here. Now, I watched Where's Keto Nazi Hunter. I have a DVD of it here. It's really good. I mean, really, really good. Now, my favorite film from the Mimiverse, au revoir. Do I say that right? I don't know. My favorite film from Chris is The Giant Spider. I mean, it's just a solid movie, top to bottom. I dig it. Where's Keto Nazi Hunter? Right beneath The Giant Spider. Just, right, just barely. And you know what? Actually, depending on what mood I'm in, I might reverse that because the Wereskito Nazi Hunter is really, really good. Now, I know people who know Chris or listen to his podcast or the Mimiverse Bonfire podcast have heard him say repeatedly, it's dark. It's a dark movie. It's darker than anything he's ever done. And he's right. It is dark, but it is solid filmmaking. It's solid storytelling. The script, the story, really good. The performance is amazing. Some in-jokes and, of course, the Mimiverse connections, all solid. Highly recommend people go over to SaintEuphoria.com or follow the link in the show notes to get their hands on a copy of Wereskito Nazi Hunter for themselves or just go to Wereskito.com. And make sure you let Chris know that you heard about Wereskito Nazi Hunter here on Monster Kid Radio. Shall pay Black Prince with my name you shall be Blackula Blackula the Black Avenger rising from his tomb to fill the night with horror Blackula Dracula's soul brother deadlier even than he you know, he is a strange dude. You're a nut that ran in front of my cab. You're the only imbecile on this street. Boy. Blackula. Look at man, you find I mean, you got to be around here somewhere. I mean, now listen, you wait, you take your hands off of me. I don't know you. He thirsts for your blood. He hungers for your soul. Warm young bodies will feed his hunger. Hot, fresh blood will quench his awful thirst. Thank you. I'm Bloody Mary. Are you, um, into the occult? No! How about the, uh, heavy stuff? What do you think of vampires? Vampires? I think they're possibly the most fascinating ball. <laughs> than Dracula. The Black Avenger. 
Blackula from American International Pictures. It's a beautiful evening. The moon is just rising. A full moon. It will soon be as bright as day. An ancient evil erupts from the grounds of Supermates Estates. The house of Frankenstein has risen from the grave. Step this way to gaze upon an exhibit absolutely unparalleled in the realms of showmanship. I have a collection of the world's most astounding horrors. Spine-chilling discussion of classic horror films featuring an all-star cast. Boris Karloff. If I had Frankenstein's records to guide me... I could give you a perfect body. Lon Chaney. Last night I suffered the tortures of the damned. I killed a man. John Carradine. I will come for you before the dawn. Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing. There is nothing, do you hear me, nothing more important to me than the success of this experiment. Oliver Reed. I can't, I tell you. I can't remember anything. Lawrence Olivier. You are a most... uh... Unusual creature, Count Dracula. And Frank Langella. You do not know how many men have come against me. I am the king of my kind. Plus your favorite superheroes grapple with the world's greatest monsters. You'll never succeed with your crazy plan, Dr. Frankenstein. That's just what Batman said, Superman. And look where you are now. (laughs) A Supermate's presentation coming in September and October to the Fire and Water podcast network the house of frankenstein has risen from the grave action you've never seen races across your screen as you thrill to a new dimension in picture making carnival of souls This is the shocking story of a who crawled from the river to race through a nightmare, walking a tightrope between heaven and hell. From the unreal, she crashes through to reality. But try as she will to lead a normal life, she is torn from a goal. There's no privacy in her life. She's ever watched, tormented. Either it's her neighbor, desirous of her physically, watching her with his leering eye, or it's the evil eye of the man. The man who taunts her, the man who wants her. From the bottom of the river they come. They reach for her. They demand that she dance with them at the Carnival of Souls. She is a girl driven mad by the relentless forces of the beyond. He will not relent as he comes for her again and again. She whirls between the real and the unreal, trying to cling to life. I like being with you, really I do. I don't want to be alone tonight. I want to be near you. Honey. You don't want to go in there all by yourself, do you? But she must watch herself in death. She must dance at the Carnival of Souls held just for her. For they have come for her for the last time, claiming her as one of their own. Carnival of Souls arouses such emotion that the management has been forced to state positively no refunds. Carnival of Souls is the shocker of all time, guaranteed to sweep you into a new dimension of picture making. You can't afford to miss Carnival of Souls. Count Yorga, Vampire is a film that throws you into a world of which we know little. Strange, frightening, whispered from generation to generation until it becomes a scream out of the past. You enjoyed your little joke last night, Doctor. But as you can see, tonight is mine. Incredible, yeah. You really are a vampire? Yes. Did happen to them. It could happen to you. Count Yorga, vampire.
Hey, Derek, George McGowan calling in in response to your call out for us to uh, share what our plans are for Halloween and for the month of October. As you know, I'm a longtime listener and a big supporter, but uh, first-time caller, and I aim to remedy that going forward and be more active in terms of emailing and calling. As far as October and Halloween goes in our house, it's uh, very much a family affair. We have kids age 9 and 11, so trick-or-treating and Halloween is still very much the focus in our house. We, uh, My wife and I are doing everything we can to raise modern-day monster kids. So between costume shopping and decorating our house to make it the coolest house in the neighborhood with lots of classic monsters and fun, spooky stuff, um, pumpkin shopping, and next week we'll do some jack-o'-lantern carving. It's, uh, it's truly the most wonderful time of the year, as you say. Um, one of the things that we love to do as a family is watch movies, and every October we put a list together that uh, goes through a lot of family favorites, like It's a Great Pumpkin and things like that. But uh, we always try to introduce some new movies, and we get away with uh, some of the classic black and white films. It's a time of year where the kids are really open to it. So last night, for instance, we watched the old musical 80s version of Little Shop of Horrors. And next up, we've got the great classic universal black and white Lon Chaney Jr. Wolfman, which uh, cannot wait to see with the kids. It'll be a first-time viewing. They've seen Dracula, Creature from the Black Lagoon, Bride of Frankenstein. Um, but we, we, tra- we kind of, uh, with kids that age, tend to stick to uh, the you know Toho movies and Abbott and Costello, Meet the Monsters, things of that sort. So it's always fun this time of year to get a little bit deeper. Over on my blog, CollectingClassicMonsters.com, we've got two fun things going on. The first is a Classic Monster Magazine Challenge, where we're doing a daily head-to-head competition between two of the great uh, vintage monster magazines. So love to invite uh, your listeners to come over and play along. You can find us on Twitter at CollectMonsters or our Facebook page, uh, as well as the site, CollectingClassicMonsters.com. The other thing we're doing is we're focusing on vintage uh, Monster Kid ads, those great Captain Company ads and comic book ads from the 60s and 70s that left us drooling and wanting to order uh, what usually turned out not to be such a great thing once you finally got it, if you ever actually got to order it. So that's really our subject matter, and it's a lot of fun to kind of dig in on those two things over on the blog. CollectingClassicMonsters.com. That's the website that George was mentioning where he's doing the face-off with the classic monster movie magazines. I love classic monster movie magazines. I, I just dig them. I love, if I had unlimited resources, well, I'd probably fly to a Mimimverse premiere or two. But then after that, okay, I'd buy a drive-in movie theater. But then after that, I'd go on eBay. Okay, actually, I can think of a few other things. But eventually, I'd make my way to eBay and buy as many of these old monster movie magazines as I could. I absolutely adore them. Now, Famous Monsters, of course, is the end-all be-all. Sure. I mean, that's that's the granddaddy, but there are so many other magazines. I love Castle of Frankenstein. Monsters of the Movies is really, really good as well. Man, they're just all so great. I keep discovering new ones every time I go to eBay, not because I'm shopping, but just because I like looking at these classic monster movie magazines. The artwork alone on those covers, phenomenal. Anyway, George, I know you've been supporting Monster Kid Radio for a long time. You and I have talked a lot through Facebook and email and that sort of thing, and I appreciate all of your support. I'd love to do something with you down the line here on the show. I have some ideas, so if I don't email you here soon, email me and remind me. I've got some ideas. Okay, we have another voicemail that came in, and I'd like to say up front that this email actually came in much earlier this month, but because I ended up going out of town for a little while, and last week's episode was all about the Lovecraft Film Festival, which was actually produced before I left much earlier than normal, I didn't get a chance to play this voicemail. So a lot of the things that he's referring to have already happened, but it's not all out of date. So here we go. Hey, Derek. This is Jeffrey Owens with Classic Horrors Club. I want to give a shout out to Kansas City. We're going all out this year with special screenings for the month of October and Halloween. Rich Chamberlain, the monster movie kid, and I have gotten together a couple times to see Phantasm Ravager and Shin Godzilla, and we're driving over to Lawrence, Kansas on Friday night for Cinema A Go-Go, where they will be showing quite a double feature, The Tingler and The Giant Claw. The Screenland Armor and Tap Cade in Kansas City are hosting Shocktober, 
a month-long celebration of all things Halloween with a different horror movie every night. A lot of them are what I'd consider modern horror, but they are showing Let's Scare Jessica to Death on the 17th, Night of the Living Dead for free on the 24th, and the Rocky Horror Picture Show on Halloween. My friends Greg and Genius over at the Nerds of Nostalgia and Nightmare Junkhead podcasts are busy hosting events all over town, culminating with the Nerds of Nostalgia Halloween at Tapcade on the 29th, where three mystery movies will be shown. Over at the Alamo Draft House, they're showing 1979's The Visitor tonight, so we've missed it by now. But for the rest of the month, there will be special screenings of Trick or Treat from 1986, Pumpkinhead, and Halloween 2. I know those are a little too recent for Monster Kid Radio or Plastic Horrors Club, for that matter, but you don't have an opportunity to see those on the big screen very often. I know that's a lot, but if you're in the Kansas City area, you can contact me at classichorrors.club at gmail.com for more information. As for what I'm doing this month, well, you've probably seen me invade the Facebook group pages for Monster Kid Radio and 1951 Down Place with my daily countdown to Halloween. I'm covering a bunch of, excuse me, hammer sci-fi, adventure, and suspense thrillers that I'm watching for the very first time. You can visit CountdownToHalloween.com for a complete list of websites and blogs that are participating in this year's countdown. I've been doing it for, gosh, four or five years now, and it's always a lot of fun. I haven't decided what to do for Halloween proper, but I like your idea of taking the day off. If the weather's nice, I'd like to set up my outdoor screen and projector to entertain any trick-or-treaters for just a few minutes when they come knocking on the door. Thanks, Derek. I hope you and all the monster kids out there have a safe and happy Halloween. I have seen all of the posts that you've been putting in the 1951 Down Place Facebook group and the Monster Kid Radio Facebook group. Listeners, if you use Facebook, check out those groups. Join us. Join us. It's a lot of fun. And I've been really enjoying your reflections on these movies. You know, I thought about doing that countdown to Halloween thing as well myself. Uh, I've participated in the past several years ago. I actually did a near daily podcast through the month of October counting down to Halloween. That podcast is long gone. The server it was on, gone. Uh, I may still have the original audio files around here somewhere, but I, I would not do a daily countdown to Halloween podcast unless I had the time and the resources, but I think we already established that if I had the resources, I'd be going on eBay and buying classic monster magazines instead. Anyway, thanks for calling in. I appreciate it. Listeners, if you're in the area, go check out some of those screenings that he mentioned. Man, to hook up with people and see some of these movies together. That's why we do the Monster Kid Radio crashes here uh, at Monster Kid Radio land here in Portland. And Rich is going to be on the show in the near future. I mean, we talked about that quite a bit. We'll have him on to talk about Carnival of Souls down the line. And, you know, why don't you and I, Jeff, get together and we'll talk about getting you on the show as well. Now, I had an email that came in from Diana from New Jersey. Hey, Derek, you asked your listeners to write in with their Halloween plans. I'm attending a trunk or treat in a neighboring town to give out candy. For those who are unfamiliar with trunk or treats, people mostly in costume park in a parking lot. This one is in a park next to a police station and give out candy to kids from the trunk of their car, which is usually decorated. This event is expected to bring in more than a 1,000 kids and has had that many in the past. It's a lot of fun. This year, they're going with a pumpkin patch theme for decorating their car. She's dressing as a scarecrow, and she's making her boyfriend a pumpkin outfit. Hope everyone enjoys their Halloween. As always, I'm loving the show. Keep up the good work. Diana, thank you for sending that in. We don't have anything like that at all around here. I I wish we did, kind of. But I got to tell you, I haven't had kids knock on the door asking for Halloween candy for years. And I was talking with Craig, who's going to be on the show next week. He doesn't get a lot of people out in his area either. And I don't know if it's a coastal thing or something in the Pacific Northwest. I know some of the towns more center of the country get more trick-or-treaters. Maybe it's just the neighborhood I'm in. I don't know. On the other hand, if there aren't kids coming and knocking on the door asking for candy means they're not interrupting my monster movie watching. So I, I guess there's that. Anyway, Diana, thank you for writing in. Listeners, if you want to write in, you can always do that at monsterkidradio at gmail.com. Or if you want to call in like a handful of people did, you can call us at 503-479-5657. That's 503-4795-MKR. This is a Gmail voicemail, which means it's got a hard three-minute limit. I don't mind if you go over three minutes. It's just you're going to have to call back more than once. I will stitch the voicemails together. So I got you covered there. We've got a lot to talk about. We've got some things coming up here on Monster Kid Radio. I mentioned what a Monster Kid Radio crash is. Well, we've got one coming up this Sunday, 
on October 30th here in Portland, Oregon at the Northwest Film Center. They're going to be showing the Vincent Price film Theater of Blood. This is the sound of a human heartbeat. But this heartbeat is different because this heart is beating outside the body. Vincent Price saw to that. Vincent Price has long been a master of mayhem. But in Theater of Blood, he outdoes himself at doing people in. Theater of Blood, from United Artists, rated R, under 17, not admitted without a parent. What is a Monster Kid Radio crash? Well, it's an unofficial event. I know the word crash sounds kind of like, you know, we're doing something wrong, but we're not. We're just getting together. It's an informal gathering of fans of this movie, getting together to watch the movie together and talk about it because I'm going to have my recorder with me. Now, on October 30th, it starts at 7 p.m. at the Northwest Film Center. That's in downtown Portland. If you're a Facebook user, I do have an event page set up. I would love to see you. If you're going to be in the area, come on down. Look for me. I'll be in the Monster Kid Radio t-shirt, and I'll have a recorder. I'm hard to miss. That's happening on Sunday. The night before, though, this is the big one. This isn't just a crash. This is a scarathon. This is happening at the Joy Cinema in Tigard, Oregon. You can look them up at thejoycinema.com or follow the link in the show notes. Scarathon. It's the second annual five-movie marathon at one of my absolute favorite theaters. Jeff Punk Rock Martin has put together an incredible lineup of movies. We've got Creature from the Black Lagoon in 3D. We've got King Kong versus Godzilla. We've got Count Yorga, Vampire. We have the original Evil Dead. And then we're going to wrap things up with Blackula. Now the shows start at 2 p.m. I'm sure the doors are going to open earlier than that. I'm going to be there the entire day. I'm hosting the entire event. So I'd love to meet you if you're in the area. Again, look me up. I'm going to be real hard to miss because I'm going to have a table set up. I'm going to have a Monster Kid Radio banner there. I'm going to be there with Chris McMillan. He says he's going to be there for a little while. And, of course, I'm going to be up on stage talking about the movies and helping run a trivia contest because there will be prizes. You can't beat that. For the weekend before Halloween, come on. Now, to get in, an all-day pass is $20. This will get you in to see two, three, four, or the entire run. If you just want to come for one movie, that's fine. It's normal ticket price that way, which is, I believe, five bucks. So go to thejoycinema.com, learn all about it, or look them up on Facebook, and I'll see you down at the Joy on Saturday. I feel like I'm going back in time, because Friday night, (laughs) the 99W Drive-In is showing Revenge of the Creature. Go to 99w.com to learn about that. Now, there's not a set start time, because, well, they start the movies when it gets dark. It is the second half of a double feature. The first feature is not a monster movie. It's uh, Miss Prerogan's Home for Peculiar Children. After that, Revenge of the Creature, they're doing it Friday, and they're going to be doing it Saturday night as well. There is a chance I'm going to get out there Friday night. Kind of depends on what happens in terms of what time I get off work that night, that sort of thing. Either way, you can't miss Revenge of the Creature. I feel like Creature from the Black Lagoon, rightly so, gets played a lot. Revenge of the Creature, though, it's John Agar. It's Clint Eastwood's first film. You got the Gill Man. You can't beat the Gill Man. It's got great music. It's a fun movie. So if you have an opportunity to check that out, the 99 Drive-In is in Newburgh, Oregon, or again, 99w.com. That's it. That's all the events I've got coming up over the next few days here at Monster Kid Radio. Halloween, man, it is not just the most glorious time of year. It's the busiest time of year for me. And it was doubly busy this year because my wife and I went to Arizona for a few days. We spent some time with my mother. And then we also spent some time with Scott and Tracy Morris, who've been on the show quite a bit. And one of the places that we went while we were there is a little restaurant in Flagstaff, Arizona called the Galaxy Diner. They have a Facebook page. They have a website at jbsfamily.com slash galaxy-diner. Now, it's a retro-style diner. All the food items on the menu are written up to, I don't know, be in theme of the 50s. I had the Wolfman onion rings. Now, I assume this was more about Wolfman Jack versus, like, Wolfman stuff. But come on, it's the Wolfman, so I had the onion rings. I also had the Blue Moon Burger. They had blue cheese. I put it on a veggie burger patty. It was pretty cool. But the best part, okay, I kid you not, 100 different flavors of milkshakes. Yeah. So uh, between the four of us, we ended up with three different types of milkshakes. I can't remember what Scott had. My wife had the caramel mocha, and I had the blueberry cheesecake. I so want to go back and just make my way through that milkshake menu. So good. The restaurant was a lot of fun. If you're in Flagstaff, I mean, check them out. I'm going to be sending them some Monster Kid Radio postcards. They said that they'd put some of those out on the counter. So go check them out and let them know that you heard about them here on Monster Kid Radio. 
Okay. That's it. That's the end of the show. Thank you for bearing with me through all of that. Like I said, I know it's a lot to do at the end of the month, but it's Halloween. It's what we do. It's totally worth it. I mentioned our contact information, our email address, our voicemail line. You can find that on our website as well. That's at monsterkidradio.net. This is where you're going to find everything you need to know about Monster Kid Radio between episodes, links to our Facebook group and our Facebook page, links to all the bands that appear here on the show, like Mumula. I'll get back to them here in a moment. And a link to our Patreon page where you can support Monster Kid Radio financially. The best support you can give us, though, is just keep downloading the show and telling your friends all about the fun that we have here on Monster Kid Radio. I say that if you were injected with this, you'd revert to a primitive anthropoid, physically as well as mentally. One scientist dared investigate the incredible phenomena. Our pet dog reverted to an antediluvian wolf. Look at those teeth. That dog is a throwback. Our simple dragonfly had become a winged monster of a species extinct for millions of years. Now, before your very eyes, see a man revert to a half-human anthropoid from the dawn of creation. A monster leaving behind a trail of death and destruction. Oh, it's impossible. Nobody's got a footprint like that. Rest when I find the killer. That's not your responsibility. That belongs to the police. Madam, I know what I'm doing. Even he did not suspect the incredible truth. Neither did the police, nor the girl coming to keep a lover's rendezvous. <laughs> Next week, we will be taking a look at Monster on the Campus with Craig Beam, the man from the Between Light and Shadows podcast. Now, I recorded with him for his Twilight Zone podcast. I'm not sure when that episode is going to be going live, but as soon as it does, I'll mention it on Facebook. Of course, I'm sure he'll link to me as well. Go check out his Twilight Zone podcast. It's really good. I'm really enjoying it, and I'm learning quite a bit. He's on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, or just go to My Life in the Shadow of the Twilight Zone.blogspot.com. After that, I've got some recordings scheduled with people like Larry Underwood. Dr. Gay Green's coming back. We're going to be talking about the 1970s anthology horror film, The Uncanny. I've got some other things in the works. You just have to keep listening to find out what they are. Between now and then, they'll remember that all original content of Monster Kid Radio by Monster Kid Radio LLC is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0, unported license. Of course, that doesn't apply to the song Pumpkin Zone. That is from the new album from Mumula. The album is called The Rise of Mumula. You can find Mumula at mumula.bandcamp.com. That's M-U-M-M-U-L-A dot bandcamp.com or look them up in the iTunes store or Amazon. However you find them, let them know that you heard about them here on Monster Kid Radio and that Derek says hi. Really like their stuff. Talk to everybody next week. Ciao.